So I want to welcome you to River Church in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. We're believing God. We love the Word, and we want a move of God in our city, in our county, and across the world. So we are asking God to set us on fire, and we believe that He is. If you would, turn in your Bible with me this morning to the book of James, chapter 1. We're going to minister on to change your changer. Change your changer and live. James chapter 1. Now, we're going to carry on from Wednesday night. That's what this is. I'm, I'm like Lynn. I got stirred up. The Lord said some things that were awesome, and we give him all the glory. But uh, as I started on something else, I realized that I wanted to save next Sunday for the Independence Day. I love America. Don't you love America? I got flags all over my backyard and this church, and I, I love America. God bless America. I believe in it. I believe God's not near finished with America. If you listen to the doodle-doos that are getting the media, you might think things that aren't true. So you got to listen close. So, but this morning I want to continue Wednesday night on Change Your Changer. Uh, we live in a world of good enough. Would you all agree with that? That we live in a world of good enough. Uh, my dad, who was in the Air Force, he used to say the saying in the Air Force, and that it's when you got through with the job and looked at it, it he, they would all say, it's good enough for government work. I remember him saying that, good enough for government work. But uh, the world of good enough is not God's world. That's where the amen goes. The world of good enough is not God's world. Ephesians 3.20 talks about exceeding abundantly above all ye can ask or imagine. Sounds like extravagance, doesn't it? It sounds like that your cup runneth over, not just to the top, not even uh, all you think you want. It runs over and over and over. And good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over shall men give into your bosom, the word says. It's just over and over, exceeding abundantly above what our says. And I believe that the church, the, the, the general church, has uh, Christians been in there for 20, 30, 40, 50 years, and that they would look, if they looked at the word, if, if Jesus was going to make a list of what he had planned for them, that they would say, they would agree with heaven, I settled. I settled for less. Wouldn't that be tragic to go to heaven and, not, and, and have it, heaven just skip over, well, you lusted for this and you cheated on that and you, you know, talking about our whole life and you didn't do this when you could have. But none of that's mentioned. What would be mentioned was, I had more for you to do, but you settled for less. And that's an indictment. That's against the kingdom. That's against our call. And so I, I want to settle on the promises. I, I want to get the promises settled in me. By his stripes I was healed. I want to settle that. How about you? He became poor that I through his poverty might be made rich. I want to settle that. And somebody told me yesterday, uh, we were working on some stuff, and they said... Uh, uh, talking about speaking in tongues and said, well, we believe it, but we don't practice it. And he just jumped out of me and said, you don't believe it if you don't practice it. We only, we only practice, we only believe what we're willing to practice. And so that's the kingdom. We, we only believe the promises that we're willing to practice and have remorse over and have sorrow over when we miss it. We, we, that's the, but I, I want to also not settle for where I am right now. I want to be pressing. How about y'all? We want to press towards the mark. Press. Not there today. Could have done better yesterday. But I'm pressing. I'm getting stuff out of my life that's weak. That's uh, unbelieving. That's contrary. That's flesh. That's soulish. I'm, get, I'm working on it. How about you? We're working on it. Are we, are we there? No, because we'll never be there in the sense of uh, uh, faith to faith and glory to glory, but we're working on it. 
So I was asking the Lord, what is wisdom? And this is the answer I got. It's, uh, it's applying the principles of the kingdom to everything. Well, that, that sounds perfect. Wisdom is not like, well, you know, you, if you'll do this and if you'll save that and if you'll turn this. Wisdom is, is, is really the principles of the kingdom applied. So they come to you and say, oh, great man of wisdom, oh, great, oh, great woman of wisdom, what should I do? And you go, okay, I got to connect with heaven and I got to get a tune in on the Holy Ghost and he's going to tell me what Marcia or Jimmy needs to be done. That's not how wisdom works. It, it's not to discount hooking to heaven, but it's just like according to the word of God, this is what has to be done. It's obvious, it's clear, it's... Wisdom says the kingdom principles are this. Well, I think it ought to be this. Well, that's not wisdom because that's contrary. I think I ought to marry this girl. She's not, uh, she's not born again, but I think she'll make a great this or that. Well, that's not wisdom. Well, did God tell you that? Yeah, he did. He said, don't be unequally yoked with unbelievers. So you can fix, you can apply your life to anything if you know the principles of the kingdom, if you know the laws of the kingdom. You know, we don't jump off the roof because we know the law of gravity will take us to the ground. <laughs> and if you leave a lot of roof to the ground, you're going to have a lot to fall from. Amen. So we understand those laws, and so we, we stand, most people stand away from them. In James chapter 1, verse 6, we looked at Wednesday, Let him ask in faith nothing wavering. For he that wavereth, is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. Just like, just like, no different, just like the wave. For let not that man, which man? The, the man that wavers, the man that's as a wave of the sea. Let not that man think he shall receive anything, anything concerning what he's believing for, concerning what he's, verse uh, 5 says, if you la lack wisdom, let him ask. Well, so we're talking about whatever area of life that we're asking, if we waver on it, I mean, we're all sincere right now. We're all in, oh God, I need this and I believe you for that. But tomorrow, somebody said, how are you doing? Well, I, you know, I hadn't got it yet. I don't have it. I don't know what I'm going to do. Well, that's wavering, isn't it? In the heat of the moment, the fervor of the anointing, under, under the, the emotion of that, ah, yes, I'll never quit. I'll never slide back but then the next day maybe you will he said that man can't do it it's what you can do long term so uh, the amplified says only it must be in faith that he asked with no wavering here it is no hesitating no doubting that's what the amplified says that wavering is for the one who wavers who hesitates and doubts is like the billowing surge out at sea that is blown hither and thither and tossed by the wind for truly, let not such a person imagine, don't even go there, that he will receive anything he asks for from the Lord. For being as he is, how is he? A man of two minds, hesitating, dubious, irresolute. He is unstable and unreliable and uncertain. What an indictment. It's like he's a murderer and a thief and a... And a killer, and no, he's just as bad. He's unstable and unreliable and uncertain about everything. We're talking about somebody that's asked God. We're not talking about somebody that's locked up and is crazy. Somebody that stood before God and asked God, I need this. If any man lacks this, let him ask of God. He did it. That's a good person. He said, but no, you, you were uh, uh, un unstable and unreliable and uncertain about everything he thinks feels and decides. So his mind is messed up, isn't he? He hasn't focused. Once you get focused and you say, I, I believed I received when I prayed, then things go better and you can have an expectation, Jesus said, of that in your life. Speak to the mountain, say to the mountain, be removed, be thou cast in the sea. Does not doubt in his heart, but believes those things he saith shall come to pass. He shall have what? Whatsoever he saith. Amen. The world Bible says they can never decide what to do. Have you ever been around those people? Have you ever looked at that person in the mirror? Hallelujah, I have. 
The New Living says their loyalty is divided between God and the world. The BBE, y'all know that, the Bible in basic English. I'm learning these. For there is a division in his mind, and he is uncertain in all his ways. The, Jane, uh, the God's Word version says a person who has doubts is thinking about two different things at the same time and can't make up his mind about anything. Now he's born again. He's going to bust heaven wide open. The, the saints, the angels are going to be, he's here. Jack is here. He's here. Yay. No condemnation, but he's going to have a hard life here on earth. The, devil, the devil's going to kick him from pillar to post, as they say. He's not going to have a fun life. He's going to be like the world because he can't stay focused. Well, he changes his mind. I said he gets in on the day that he asks, but then he changes his mind. Y'all know how rotten it feels to change your mind? Not for better, but I mean when you, you get on track, but then the pressure comes. The Bible talks about pressure coming, following your decision. Pressure comes. A cost comes, and you go... Well, let's do that next week. I don't really feel that strong about it. I can do without it, and we can, we can this, that, and the other. I like Dr. Cole. Y'all know E.L. Cole is, is my, he's my man. He talked about thinking that's crystallized. So think about something. If it's in solution, you used to have uh, kids, you could put a string in, in, a, in a jar of sugar water, and it would crystallize around that string and make rock candy. The sugar would crystallize. And, you know, if you took it out and started chewing on it, it was crunchy. It was hard. It was unchanging. You, you, didn't, cha you didn't take it like silly putty and work it around. It was what it was. And there, yeah, so that's crystallized. And that word means hardened, unmovable, or settled. Now, there's things in all of our lives, mine, yours, everybody's, that we've settled that are contrary to truth. And what are we doing? We're, we're working on those things that are contrary to truth, and we're saying, Lord, change me with your truth. Is that what y'all are asking? Change me with your truth. Well, that means you got to first say, there's things in me that need changing. How do you know that? Things aren't working out like I want them to. And you can't say bad luck or the devil or, or God doesn't care. Or that you, you can't, we can't believe anything. We have to just say, I got something that's in my truth bucket that's not truth. But I'm treating it like truth, but it's unreliable. It's flimsy. It breaks. It uh, gives way. It doesn't stand the time, and it, the mountain doesn't move. The mountain didn't move. Well, you know, God knows in his timing and God's wisdom and, you know, he's, he knows best. That, that is junk mess. Yes, ma'am. That's junk mess. That's not how it is. And if you don't know that or believe that or be willing to yield to that, then you'll be one of those people that is settled contrary to the truth. Well, we've always believed this. Grandpa said it's that way and that's what I'm not. You're settled, which is... Not good if it's not settled on the truth. Now, we are settled on the truth, but sometimes we find out what we thought was truth is not truth. I've been hearing a lot of people lately about how God, God knows best, and he's, you know, it's just junk mess. We heard a, we heard a, a preacher the other day talk about God's good is not man's good. He said God has a good that's different than man's good. And this was at a funeral, and so it's like this, this person, he, he think, we all think that, that it's not good, but God calls it good that he's gone. And so it's good. I, I'm about to come out of my seat, slap him back and take over. <laughs> he said, no, 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 him being gone, this... That's good. God knows best, and God's doing what's right and good and best. But man's good, you know. You, anyway, I'm not going to get started on that. So, that, do you know about it? Here's something that is an example that we think is one way, and we all have said it, believed it, and, and walked with it. 
is that when old people, when they get old, they get crotchety, they get gripey, they get grump grump. And we think that they get self-centered and they get unforgiving and they get unmovable because they're old and they cannot control themselves suddenly. But that's not what happens at all. When they were our age, young, so young, they wouldn't change their mind. They wouldn't forgive. They wouldn't get off of self-centered. They wouldn't. But they had what Dr. Cole calls charm. We all possess it. It's a charm that gets us through without anybody knowing what we really are. We cover it up. We suppress it. We navigate with it. But when you're old, you lose your charm. And so what was always there starts to be revealed. It didn't happen when they got old. It was always there. So, you know, the key then is, while we're young, could I have a better amen on the young part? <laughs> we have to change now because later we will lose our, our focus our, our, and our uh, motivation to change. Isn't that good? Now that you know that, that old grumpy people, maybe they're not even old, but they're, they lost their charm, it's their fault. They would not change. So I say to me, Michael, change, son, because that won't look good on you. Change, forgive, let go. Be, be in love with people. Change your life. Because when we're young, we got to change our character. i got to change the way I think. Because I think I'm right, because that's how I feel. I just feel like that's the way it is, and that's the way it is. But my feelings betray me because it's not the truth. It's my feelings, and I'm attached to my feelings, and I don't like to be wrong about my feelings, and feelings, feelings, emotions, feelings, and more feelings. But sometimes, many times, often, they're contrary to truth. And so if I hold on to my feelings contrary to truth, I won't, I won't, I won't let God go to God and say, what about this? This is how I feel about that. Is that right? If it's not, would you let me know? I'm telling you the bird dog of God, will he'll chase you down and say, you fool, why are you waiting so long to ask me about these things that are not working in your life? Because I, I didn't want anybody to know. I looked up the word change in the thesaurus. So this is secular. Uh, adjustment. Just see if anything fits you. Development, that's another word for change. Different, y'all know any different people? Innovation, switch, innovation. So when you change, you're innovating. Or when you change, you're switching. Modification, reversal. You know the scripture says uh, it's the goodness of God that leads us to reverse. Revision, revolution, shift. You ever had a shift in your life? Everything else stayed the same. Devil steals, kills, destroys. But suddenly we had a shift that says, I'm not going to care about that anymore. I've had several shifts in the last two or three years where people that said, I'm going to hurt you, I'm going to mash on it till you cry, and then I'm going to make you cry more. And I, I did cry a little bit. But then I shifted and said, Nanny Nunu, you can't hurt me. Because <laughs> Jesus still likes me. So what do I care? Another word is uh, uh, variation, transformation, and the word transition. I'm in transition. How about you? If you're not, you've crystallized. And whatever you were when you crystallized is how you'll be to the end. And you weren't finished. You weren't developed. You weren't... You weren't, as he is, so am I in this world. You quit too soon. The last breath or the, the, the taking up in, in the rapture, we ought to be saying, I changed till the twinkling of an eye. I was changing. I was transforming. I was revolutioning. I was shifting. Praise God. It's the key to success. I know you can read whole books about it, but just willing to change 
be corrected by other people, be corrected by the word of God, be corrected by Holy Spirit, be corrected by our peers, just to be corrected. The word talks about chastening. The Lord chastens whom he loves. It's a son that he chastens. Well, the word doesn't mean whip. It means to teach, to instruct, to train. So I want to be instructed. Will it hurt my feelers? Well, it, if I let it, it will. But I'll be better the moment after I get changed than I was before. So, but everybody will see that you were wrong. Well, yeah, but everybody's wrong because we're all in flux. We're all in transition. If you're not, you've crystallized. And uh, it doesn't look good for you. The only universal constant is change. It's the only thing that will never change is that it will always have change. Change is the one thing that will never change. How about that? So I wrote down, you know, we did this a number of years ago. When's the last time you changed? When's the last time you did something for the first time? When's the last time that you innovated the way you think? Now, that, that's like cleaning house where you've never... That's going into the back room closet. That's going down in the basement. That's going up into the attic. We're fixing to renovate. We're fixing to change some stuff. Is it hollering at me? No, the stuff in the attic never hollers at me until I go up in the attic. And then it's a screaming banshee. Hallelujah. <laughs> oh, yes, Lord, yes. People say, I'm okay with the status quo. Well, yeah. Why rock the boat, baby? But we have to rock the boat. Because if we don't change, we've crystallized. And uh, now here's the key. And here, here is the key. This is an old religious saying that says, God's not through with me yet. And that sounds perfect. That sounds like, don't criticize me because God's not through with me. If you don't like me, take it up with the one that's not through with me. He's working on me, and I can only go as fast as he works. That's not it. God is through with us. The mind of Christ being in us, there's no improvement coming. So who has to change? We do. God's through. I'm not through unless I crystallize, unless I just quit and just say good enough is good enough. Do you know any Christians that have crystallized? Imagine, imagine, I was thinking about this this morning. Imagine that when Azusa Street came through in 1906, if the whole church, the Methodists, the Presbyterians, the Baptists, all of us, looked at that and said, well, yay, doggy, that's something different. We should investigate with the intent to change. But you know what happened in the church world, the crystallized world, the Christians that say that God's not through with me yet? They put, they put that fire out. What about when Oral Roberts in the uh, uh, early 50s, when the power of God would come on his right hand and he would sit in a chair on the edge of the stage and people would just go by, streams of them, and he just lay his hand on them. And they would be miraculously and wonderfully and gloriously healed. And they went out all in the world and said, I got mine from God through an Oral Roberts meeting. What, where was the church that says, well, golly bee, let's, let's innovate. Let's, re let's, let's remodel our thinking. Let's change. What kind of shape? Well, listen, what can you imagine the church today would be like if the church in 1906 and in 1950 had changed? Why, we, we'd all be this. We'd all be spirit-filled. We'd all be signs and wonders. We'd be going from glory to glory and from faith to... It'd be wonderful. But why are we still fighting this battle? Why are people still saying tongues are of the devil? There's 500 million Pentecostal people on the planet. That was about 20 years ago. I don't know what the new figures are. Are they all making it up? Are they all filled with the devil? Speaking in tongues? Ah, there must be some investigation needed. 
Somebody's wrong. It's either of the devil or it's absolutely of heaven. Well, the Pentecostals all think, we all think it's from heaven. So you can criticize what you don't understand, but you, you'll defend to the end your experience. They may have an argument and say, ah, it says here they passed away. But I have an experience. Where'd that come from? It's real. So why, why isn't everybody? Do, we, do Pentecostals turn into devil worshipers? I've heard that. That's of the devil. So like, are we devil worshipers? What about laying hands on the sick? If you've ever had hands laid on you and you recovered, you have a testimony. You, you, you don't buy into that it's passed away business. God just used it until he could get the church cranked up. So why are people crystallized and won't change? Because 75% of all personality types hate change. And the Bible says, let me see where I put that. Romans 1.17 says, the just shall live by faith. So faith must not be a personality or a mind thing. It must be something that lives above our personality. Well, I just don't like change. That's personality. But faith, living by faith, says we're changing. We're changing. What was is no more, and what should be is coming. I love this message, y'all, because it's helped me so much to not just say, well, I'm 68, it's time to put the bridle on the rack and let... Let everybody go out in the pasture. Quit changing is what that says. Well, are you wore out? No, I'm not wore out. Well, is your mind gone? No. There's some people that said I never had one, but I, I, it's, it's still here just like it was. So what is it? Well, I'm living by faith, not by feelings. I'm living by faith on the Word of God, and so my personality style has to be superseded. Superseded. God's not using your personality to move the mountain we're using our personality to integrate and to, to function in the kingdom with people. It takes all of us to get along. We don't want to all be like somebody. It'd be war all the time. So we, we're all different, but that, that, that's not how we move by faith. Uh, what if the whole church embraced prosperity when Brother Copeland came out with it? I mean, he didn't come out with it, but in the 60s, he, he took heat like nobody's business for believing that God wants you rich. I don't know if y'all know the price that he paid. You may not like him now, or you may not agree with him now, but bless God, he laid down his life for all of us. And he pressed in. He was one of the first ones. Uh, Oral Roberts, uh, uh, I, I've got a little book, it's old as a tree, that he wrote that says, uh, how I learned, how I found out that I'm, God made me rich. Something like that. These pioneers, but now what if everybody just said, well, yeah, doggy, it's, it's time to get the poverty thing and the lack thing off. Let's, let's all believe God for what somebody says they experienced that's in the Bible. But we didn't. What about healing? That's been around a while. The healing revival was 11 years in the uh, very late 40s or in all of the 50s. Why aren't we all pursuing healing? Why do the denominations step back and put a block up and say no whole groups of people that are programmed and brainwashed because they don't read the bible they don't rightly divide the word and they hire people to tell them what they already believe to preach to them what they already believe am i making my case here that we all got to change we all got to change into someone that's willing to change. It's not, well, I changed yesterday. What more do we want? No, we got to change the way we interface in the kingdom. Isaiah 1.19 says, If you be willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. But if you refuse and rebel, if you won't change, you will be devoured with the sword. I got to change. I'm motivated suddenly. I don't like the devoured by the sword business. <laughs> I'm against it all the way. But Dr. Cole says this. He says, but change is not change until it's change. Intentions are not change. Revelation about what needs to change 
is not change. Change is not change until it's change. And we all live on the need to change, need to lose weight, need to run more, need to read more books, read whatever. Uh, so I got to change. How often? All the time. How fast do you want to go? That's how fast you'll go. Well, God's working on me. No, you're working on you or not. Are y'all shutting down on me this morning? Praise God. So to react to change requires change. To say I'm willing to change is, is a change. Because most people don't want to change. Good enough is good enough. But there's been a bar set. Not my how I feel, not by what daddy said, not what grandma said. The bar is in here. And it demands that I change. I, were, I wasn't born knowing what I know now. I wasn't, uh, didn't get it in the seventh grade, what I know now. I had to change every one of those years. So two things, two elements that must enter your life to turn your life around. Number one, if you don't know what needs changing, you, you won't know what to change. So we got to get under the word, don't we? Everything else is advice. Y'all know about advice? Well, Sonny, let me give you some advice. Well, it's fixing to come. And you can barely stand it when they say, Sonny, let me give you some advice. And the second thing is, is if, you don't, if, you don't, if you don't know what needs to enter your life, when your life does change, you won't know what happened. You'll just say, well, that's good luck. Well, that was good. Yeah, Uncle Jack did me right. You won't know that change precipitated your turnaround. I like this verse in John 16, It says, the Lord Jesus says, In the world, these things I have spoken to you, and in the world you will have tribulation. And then there's a little pause there, you can tell. But be of good cheer. In other words, maybe he lingered on that first word. In the world you'll have tribulation. And everybody's like, there, amen, amen, yeah, that's right, that's for sure. But be of good cheer. I and you in me have overcome the world. Ah, he's blowing up our excuse to be slugs and to be gripers and to be discontent and to crystallize. Uh, in what happened to the disciples changed from what was to what is. And that's what's happened to you and me. What was has turned, has changed, has transformed, has, has refused to settle for who I was I rooted it up, I dug it up, I took, you know how they used to get stumps out of a field, that they dig a little hole under the stump of a, uh, in the middle of their new cotton field, they put a stick of diamond up night in there, light it and run, and it would blow the stump up in the air. Well, we need some stump blowing. <laughs> we need some dynamite to set ourselves in. And until better comes along, here I am. Oh, Pastor, what are you doing? I'm putting dynamite under the stumps. There's not many of them left, but we need to be sure and get them. So are you living in this change of dynamite under the stump? Saying, bless God, I can't wait until I know more and have more. Now here's the truth. Let's just say this. If you're born again, everything you need to have a good life is now present within you. I said, now present in with you. When, when Trace was born, he was just a little guy, and he had everything in him. Everything in him was there to live a wonderful life. He had all the bones and all the muscles and all the brain, but all of it was undeveloped. We'd say, quit crying, Trace, and he, he paid no attention to me, that's for sure. Matter of fact, when I mentioned anything to him, he, he, he'd break out. He, yeah, him and Paul didn't get along too good at first, but that's just because he's a little feller. But the fact is, when you first got born again, everything you needed was in you to be changed. But we had to go through the process, and it's not over with. So many times we, we reach a, 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 a time of life, we're 50, or we're 55, or we're 60, and heaven forbid that you're older than that even, and you get a feeling, an emotion, a cultural thing that says, settle down, boy. 
You've had your run. You had your chance. Whatever you did, that's what's been done, and you're done. Settle down and open up the door so others can come through, but you're done. And you gotta, you got to resist that. you got to resist that, I'm done. Because as long as you can change, you're not done. But as soon as you quit changing, let me just tell you, you are done. It doesn't matter if you can run the five-minute mile. It doesn't matter if you can quote books. You're done if you quit changing. You're living on the past, and the past won't go into the future. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that ye through his poverty might be made rich. We were expecting another report. Religion has told us that Christians are poor so they can be humble. And like I said before, they do not like that word extravagant. If you say to a group of religious people, God wants you to live an extravagant life. Not, not gaudy. We're not talking about garish. We're not talking about flaunting. And, and, and we're not talking about that. We're talking about very settled. Very settled. My desire, this is just how I think, I want to have a home and a car that are modest on the outside and filled to the ceilings on the inside. I don't want anybody to stumble, but just let you know, I got stuff for the kingdom. And my life is a demonstration. We're not flaunting it. We're not living in the mansion on the hill with 16 bathrooms. We're not driving Rolls Royces and all that stuff. We don't need it because you can get there just as fast in a Honda as you can get there in a Rolls Royce. Matter of fact, you might not get stopped and you can squeeze in. We're not, we're not talking about that kind of extravagance. We're talking about fully, fully supplied. Nothing to think about except where will I bestow my offerings? Where, where God, are you saying is good ground to plant my life? What people should I go to? What, where, what should I fund? Who are the relationships I should have? Some of them got to go. It's kind of like that joke, you know. If I don't call you back, you're the one I'm trying to avoid. <laughs> uh, so I'm in a refining. Are you? Of course we are. We're all refining because once you get so many people in your life, you can only, I don't want to use this word serve, but you can only have a meaningful relationship with so many people. You can have Facebook friends. I got 16,000 friends. No, you don't. Your mama doesn't even return your calls. Hallelujah. We, we don't have that. So you have to start prioritizing, as it were. You have to change. We used to run together, but you wouldn't change, so I can't run with you anymore. Is that callous? Is that hard? Or is that just a life well lived? I'm going to demonstrate the gospel, but I can't do it with you. And me going to the bar and me going to the, you know, whatever that people do with old relationships. So I wrote this down. Somebody quoted it. I, I don't remember who. If you've always done it that way, it's probably wrong. We've always done it that way. It's impossible for a man to learn what he thinks he already knows. That's why this church is kind of not real. They're not swooning here because they think they already know. Did you know they think they already know? It's already been settled. I'm born again. End of story. When I die, I hope I go to heaven. End of story. Well, that's not all of it, is it? Uh, the most successful people are those who are good at plan B. These are just pithy little worldly sayings. But there's some wisdom in it. Change is, is inevitable except from vending machines. Just threw that one in. How do you sell the future to people who have no interest in it? They've settled. They're done. They've crystallized. Well, everybody in this room and most of the people on broadcast, you're not old enough to change, to, to sit down, excuse me, to be settled. The, the, uh, the, uh, oh, who is that couple? Uh, Lord, help me think of them. That couple that uh, 
Charles and Frances Hunter, excuse me. <laughs> she didn't get born again until she was 55. She was a chain smoker. <laughs> she got born again because somebody came by, a preacher came by every Saturday for 10 years. And she said she just would blow smoke in their face. That's their testimony. But Charles and Francis turned the whole world upside down. And she didn't even get cranked up till 55. Oh, come on, y'all. I am created to change my mind. Say it with me. I am created to change my mind. That's what I'm created for. That's in the wiring of the new birth. We're changing. We can't handle it all at once. Can't handle it. Let me just ask you something. One year ago, maybe two, but one year ago, what was your life like? It wasn't like it is now. If it is, then you haven't changed. And that's sin. For us not to change means we've crystallized, that the gospel isn't relevant anymore. The, uh, the good news, the move of the Holy Ghost is not relevant anymore because I already have all I want, and that's good enough. Well, that's no different than these denominations that have just said, this is how it is, and that's, this is how it always will be. I don't want to be one of those with my one and only life. I want to change. Is change a little painful? Oh, absolutely. If you've got an abscess tooth and the doctor puts these horse pliers in your mouth and puts the handles together and gives a little twist, you're going to get changed, but it's going to hurt like old Billy for a few minutes. Change is not always easy until after it's changed. I wouldn't go back for anything, would you? I wouldn't go back for anything. Has being baptized in the Holy Spirit had a cost, a price? Oh, absolutely. Have you been rejected for what you believe? Of course. Resistance? I like this verse, and I'll finish with this. i got to quit. Matthew 25, 21. His Lord said to him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make ye master over many things. Sounds like change. And the word faithful there, as you know, means easily persuaded to believe. So can we say that about ourselves, first person? Let's say it together. I'm easily persuaded to believe. Now, the other side of that is people says, well, you'll just be gullible. You'll fall for everything. Nope, the wisdom of God's in me. I, I, I'll see it. But otherwise, I'm easily persuaded to believe. Does God want, want us to go out and win the lost? I don't want to, but I'm easily persuaded to believe. So, Lord, hear my sin me. Change, family. If we don't change, we'll be just like what we came out of. We came out of what we were in because of, it wasn't changing. When you get, listen, now here, here's, my, here's my closing. When you get willing to change, two things will happen. First of all, you'll have instruction. When you get willing to change, you'll have instruction. Why is that? Because you have a framework for instruction. God couldn't tell you anything. Because you were not changing. And he's real smart, and he doesn't change. He doesn't just keep hammering at the door. And the other thing that'll come when you get willing to change, willing to change, willing to change is that you get revelation. Things you never figured out, suddenly you know. I hope you're living there now. I hope revelation is a common thing. You get up and say, well, golly, I didn't know about that. I go to, I go to bed on Saturday night with notes that are not set in stone, but I'm sure that will preach, that is the will of God, Heaven will back that up. And when I get up Sunday morning, <laughs> it's all different, or not all different, but I get so much in the night, and I'm going to sleep, and I don't think about stuff like that, but it comes. When you get willing to change, you'll get instruction, and you'll get revelation. And you won't go back. You won't go back to the, I don't know anything and I don't want to know anything. You won't go back once you get instruction from heaven. Because the instruction from heaven is to succeed. 
get us out of the hole, get us out of the miry clay. And revelation is to send us into a realm that we've never thought above. It's exceeding abundantly above. You go, why would God do that? Because we develop a capacity. When we say, I'll change, nothing sacred. You ought to go through your house. Now listen and say, there is nothing sacred in this house. There is nothing I would say, I won't part with that. You got to take it to the, the idol altar and break it up. You may not get rid of it, but you got to say, if I didn't have it tomorrow, I got him. I'd give it up. Hold things loosely. Hold people tightly, but hold things loosely. And I'll tell you, you'll be used to the kingdom. The Lord's not asking you and I to go to seminary, to go to some theological thing. He's not asking us to read 72 books and, you know, about this or that. He's just asking you to do one thing. Be willing to change. Well, doggone, I can do that. I can do that. Lots of stuff I can't do, but I can change. Be willing to change. I can be. So I wrote, and I'll quit with this, what if you could be at the right place at the right time? And then I wrote, you will be when you are willing to change. It's real powerful to be at the right place at the right time with the right word. So I'm going to change. So are we going to change at River Church? We're going to change. We're going to let the Lord instruct us, chasten us, exhort us. We're going to let him prov uh, to, uh, provoke us to love and good works. Provoke. That's kind of a little... Hey, hey, you. It's not like, well, if you want to. It's provoking you. Hey, you over there. You're ready for some stuff. Now change so you can hold what I want to send you. Throw this off. You don't have enough room to go where I'm going with that in your life. Get rid of that. But Lord, I've always had that. Get rid of it. And he'll just sit there and wait until you get rid of it. Some people never get rid of it. And he just moves on. Wouldn't it be terrible to know someday that he just had to move on because we wouldn't let some little knick-knack go? That he never even asked us to get rid of, but we would have. It's, in the Bible, it's called Abraham raising the knife. Isaac's right there. You know who he is. And Abraham's he's coming down with it. Coming down with the knife. But he just told the boys down the hill, me and the lad will return after worship. The Lord will make it up. The, the word says in Mark, I know I'm quitting. Mark chapter 9, it says... Uh, uh, no man having left precious things, father, mother, brothers, sisters, no man having left those for the sake of the kingdom, will he not give them back to you? Every one of them, plus riches, with persecution, a hundredfold. You've never given up anything. The Lord didn't say, I'll get you better. We ought to be free with our stuff, willing to change. Free. Free. Just give it away. If you, can, if you can, just give it away. Give a few things away that you go, I'll never, if mama knew I got rid of this, she would turn over in her grave. Yeah. Here it goes, mama. Jesus is Lord. I want him. I want that to be true. I want him to look at me and say, Michael, Jesus is Lord. I, I, I grade your life and there's a lot of mess in there, but Jesus is Lord. You are willing to change, adjust, remodel. Yay. So, Father, we thank you this morning for provoking us to love and good works with your word. And, Lord, let everything that was said be to the glory of the King of kings. And today, Lord, we consecrate ourselves. I consecrate myself. Say it with me. I consecrate myself. Lord, I, I put me under. I yield to the greater. I yield my life to the master. I am bought with a price. I am not my own. So I, I will be molded by the master on the potter's wheel. I, I will not intervene with the work of the Lord. I will change 
and be changed and change others. I do not want this life without your presence, without your involvement, without your approval, without your, without your mark on me. I, I don't want it, Lord. It, it might seem fun, but I don't want it. That's not what we want. So we just make an adjustment today. I adjust today. Decision is the place of power. And I adjust my life right now and say, I will change. I will change my way of thinking. I will change what I think of people. I will change my attitude towards things. I will change my attitude towards my reputation, my good, so-called good name. Lord, I give it all up. I yield it all to you. I consecrate my life to be pleasing to you. To your glory, Lord, to your glory. And I will be used of God. I will be used of God in this day of being used of God. It's now. Revival is here. Lord, thank you for sending it. We wake up and say, it's not coming someday. It's here. It's right now. And I adjust my life to be in revival right now. And I give you the praise. We give you the glory. We, we say, Jesus, you are the exalted one in our life. And there is no other. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Isn't Jesus wonderful? Woohoo! Praise God. Well, I can tell you there's an exciting life out there in front of me this morning. All of us are going to have the best we've ever had because of what we prayed and agreed with this morning. I will change and I will be changed. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Well, yay. Y'all love on somebody sometime. Just, just have them over to your house and... I can't cook this. I'll have to cook that. We'll have to have the big roast or whatever. Now, just go buy some Oscar Myers. <laughs> Cube steak. There you go. Tube steak. Oh. <laughs> Amen. And just say, y'all come over. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna find something in the refrigerator. Surely Garland didn't, Garland didn't eat it all last night. Surely there's something left. Y'all come over. I mean, we, we need to change. Get out of your world. And the way to get out of our world is to get into somebody else's. I bless you in Jesus' name. I bless you because you are blessed. And the word of the Lord work in you mightily to change you and me so we can change this world. In Jesus' name be done. Amen, amen. Thank you, broadcast. We appreciate you. We will uh, we'll be different Wednesday night. If you're used to tuning in on us, it'll be different Wednesday night. I'll keep you posted. Check back in. Thank you.